The following program is sponsored by Victorian Finance. Welcome to Real Estate with Sonny Bringle. I'm Gary Dixon. Sonny, good to see you again. Gary, it is good to see you. Welcome back to your own program. (laughs) Thanks for inviting me. It's always good to have you on. Real Estate with Sonny Bringle. Yes, that's the name of the program. Sonny is president and owner of Victorian Finance. Victorian Finance provides residential mortgages to people buying houses. We'll give you contact information throughout the program, some phone numbers, websites, and so forth for Victorian Finance. And as usual, we have a guest on this program. Sonny always brings somebody interesting in with him. And Sonny, I'll let you start the introduction. Thank you, Gary. Today we have with us Ms. Diane Scabaloni. She's a loan officer with Victorian Finance. Her and I have been partners, friends, and working in the industry together for 12 years now. We started at a very young age, so we're still young, even though we've been doing this for 12 years together. <laughs> Don't let that any indication of our age. Diane is truly a professional in the industry, and she has garnered an enormous reputation for closing on time, taking care of her clients, and nothing can be shown more from the cards and the notes and the other warm, affectionate things that she gets after closing that shows how much the people have cared and appreciated what she's done. And that's the greatest compliments we can get in any job that we do is appreciation after we've solved somebody's problems. I like to say all the time, I don't have any problems. I just solve other people's problems. Um, and in that case, Diane doesn't have time to solve our problems. She's got it solves everybody else's as well. Many times, as we talked about in the show, the two quarterbacks in a transaction are the loan officer on your mortgage side and your real estate agent on the, um, selling your house or buying your house. And there's nobody that has truly done that more than Diane and working with real estate agents and partners and helping to make the transaction as smooth as possible. So I wanted Diane to have a chance to talk about how she does it, how she gets all these compliments post-closing, how everybody adores her, and kind of share with her secrets of making it such an easy process. Oh, wow. I am completely honored and taken aback by those beautiful things, Sonny. Thank you. Uh, but they're true. <laughs> yeah, It's easy to say when they're true. Yeah. I think you. you should get a raise. <laughs> Here's a chair. <laughs> oh, that was so sweet. Thank you, though. But, you know, I have um, just really enjoyed my, you know, as we're on this love fest here, I'll just tell you how much I appreciate working at Victorian Finance. The support that I have is tremendous, you know, with you being the quarterback for our company and keeping, you know, you know, I feel like I definitely you always have my back. And um, the underwriters and the processors and assistants, I mean, everybody that's involved in the process just makes, you know, helps to make me look good. You know, I appreciate that. Yeah, Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. As you've talked about many times, there's so many moving parts Mm -hmm. in a real estate transaction, buyer side. How do you juggle them all and kind of give us a sense of how many parts there are that you have to control? I think the first part is really, and I think this is part of what is sort of my secret to success is I don't see this as just a transaction. I see it as people um, and it's relationships. So, you know, having a strong relationship with the referral sources, that's where it all starts. You know, they trust me that I'm going to get the job done. I'm going to take good care of their clients and I'm going to be a good representation of them. Um, you know, anytime you have, take someone in a 100% commission position like all realtors are and they say, here's my paycheck, please take care of my client. It's, a, it's an honor um, to do that. So that, that's the first thing is good communication with the referral sources, and then that results in repeat business. And then my clients are, you know, the borrowers. Those are our um, relationships as well. And I, 
you know, just like you said on many shows, there are, um, you look at what their needs are. You look at what's important to them. You look at, you know, not just, you know, a lot of times people will say, hey, um, how much of a mortgage can I qualify for? And then we'll say, you know, oh, you can buy a $350,000 house. And they're like, well, wait a minute. I don't want a house that big. And it's like, okay, good. We'll help you be where you want to be. <laughs> and that's what it's all about is just saying what's important to you. I think on a previous show you had mentioned we asked questions about where do you want your monthly payment to me, not just where do we think you should be or where do you qualify. We look at what kind of child care you have, even though that's not part of the application, that's still a real life issue for clients going on vacation, you know, going out to movies with their friends. People want to have that extra money to work with. And, and sometimes you really do have to be a little bit in the handholding mode because sometimes people just come to our office and sit at our desk and just kind of almost like dump out their soul. Like, tell me what I can do. Tell me, you know, what, how much I can afford. And so you sort of have to build them up to say, okay, now let's look at the whole process. Because as you know, there's been a lot of um, negative things happening in our industry over the years and people saying, oh yeah, you can definitely handle this higher priced home. Go for it. And then they end up foreclosing down the road. So that's the last thing that we want to have. So happen. you're a wealth and financial advisor as well. <laughs> To well, everything else, right? Yeah. It, well, I guess you could say that. Well, it is. I mean, a house purchase is a financial decision. The mm -hmm. choices. You know, once you decide to buy a house, it's a financial decision because there's a balance of between what you want to do to live your life, how much you want to still save for retirement, save for college education. You know, that affects your budget. If you want to put away for college and your retirement, you can't, you, you can't suck it all away with the monthly mortgage payment. So there's a balance. It truly becomes an advisor. And that's where Diane has done extraordinarily well. And all of our loan officers have pretty much done that, do it that way, is that they're an advisor at the end of the day about what your life ability to afford this house and the lifestyle you want to live. Well, I also like the fact that I know your company asks questions and points out some things they, that the customer may not have, may not have occurred to them yet. Mm -hmm. uh, we were talking on a previous program about property taxes and what can happen <laughs> there. You know, looking ahead, you guys look ahead and uh, when appropriate, remind them, you know, this part of it could go up in the future. Probably everything eventually does as far as taxes, right? Uh, and that you point that out to them and make sure they also remember things like that. Well, and one of the things I know Diane has done before and a number of people is the conversation about children. You know, you're buying a two-bedroom house or a three-bedroom house. And, okay, not to intrude too much, but do you have any desire to have kids in the future? Uh -huh. Yes, we do. Two, three kids. Well, let's balance between that, between your how many houses you have to buy. Mm -hmm. You know, because there's transactional costs in buying houses and making sure they're planning and thinking ahead on what type of house they want as well. If I trade in children, can I get a larger <laughs> home or a more expensive place? Depends, depends on how well behaved they are. Okay, I think. I'm sure you've had a few of those offers too. Right? Yeah. Well, children living in the basement doesn't make the basement a bedroom. <laughs> Okay. That could actually increase your value to get the children out of the basement. Right, right. But, you know, we've talked about a lot of times on the show in prepping for buying a house at credit. Again, and I, I reiterate this all the time, and is I, I never say it too much on how much you should be monitoring your credit. So many aspects of your life are impacted by your credit and people's access to that, and you should be tracking that on a regular basis. And nothing is more significant than if you have any anticipation of buying a house or a significant asset, a house, a boat, an RV, car, any of those things are going to directly affect it. So you should monitor it very carefully. But you have one of the 20,000 steps, the first step in the 20,000 steps of buying a house is what? Is pulling your credit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. You can't really even, 
give a, a whole ton of guidance. You can do some generalities and calculate income with them and ask them what kind of debts they have and say, okay, based on how much money you make and what your debts are and how much money you've saved, we can basically give you a general idea mm-hmm. about how much of house you can qualify for. But the credit report is really the missing piece. And as a matter of fact, just yesterday I had a conversation last night with a young man that he was like almost panicked that he didn't know if he could buy a house or not. He's like, my buddy told me, you know, you're awesome and I should call you and I don't even know if I can do this. And, and he works for a local bank. So you would think, you know, someone that's in the financial world would have kind of an understanding about things. Well, he was nervous because I had, you know, some problems in the past and I don't know, let's just go ahead and give it a shot. And so I could feel as we were talking on the phone and I'm pulling his credit that he like had his fingers crossed and his toes crossed and, mm-hmm. you know, everything was okay. Well, apparently his problems were really so old that nothing showed up on the credit report. His scores were great. He had everything was paid on time. He didn't have a ton of credit, but he had enough to be able to qualify for an FHA loan. So here's someone in fear thinking this isn't going to work. Like all of a sudden, boom, here's your pre-approval. You're done in, you know, an hour. It's all done. And now he's negotiating an offer, you know, and then at the same time, we may get clients that are like, oh, it's all good because they might be in a little bit of a denial state. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and are, even though they're getting, haven't made your student loan payments in weeks and they're getting these letters, they're still thinking, oh, yeah, I can do this. I'm going to Do you ever discover house. that, say, one uh, partner uh, spouse has issues that the other one didn't know about? As a matter of fact, that happened this morning with oh, my okay. client, with one of my clients. There was an inquiry on this What's credit, this credit report. card. Yeah, it was an inquiry for Target, and he said, mm. "Hmm, okay, I got to talk to her about this." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had those same situations where you have both the, the the spouses on the phone, and you're going through line by line the credit report, and you're like, "Oh, here's the uh, you know department store credit card with a ten thousand dollar limit with a ten thousand five hundred dollar balance." Right. You know, and then you hear silence. <laughs> right. Or uh, some situations it's not silence, it's click, click, you know. But you know, it's well, a surprising but this moment. This is stuff you have to know well in advance when you're pulling yeah. the credit because it, it takes a while to fix some of that. And you know what? This we're laughing about but this, but this is real stuff. Yeah, it happens all um, the time. I have been in a a one-on-one face-to-face. This was several years ago before it was so easy to get a credit report, but um, we're sitting there going through handwriting the application with the customer, I know, back in the day. And um, the husband went to the restroom. The wife grabs her purse like, says, and hands me like five more credit cards. She's like, hurry up, write this down too, but don't let them know. <laughs> oh, today you can't hide it. So, <laughs> but, but I think, it, it again, like what I had mentioned in the beginning is it's about relationships. And, mm-hmm. and you want to work with, as a consumer, someone that can kind of massage those relationships. And in those kind of tense, confrontational, marital discussions, you want to have someone that you know is going to be like, hey, it's okay, or just try to ease people's minds so they don't, to try to relieve the tension a little bit. Well, that's what, there's a lot of misnomers of people think about the mortgage process or buying a house process, even if you're paying for cash. Talk to a professional, because as you said before, some people can easily afford a house who don't think they can, and some people can't afford a house who easily think they can do. The industry has changed so much uh, in the last several years, obviously, from the mortgage crisis, that you should talk to a professional and find out what truly your situation is. And that's always three to six months before you, you really start thinking about buying a house. 
Can I just throw that in there? Because I think this is a good time to discuss that. Because I, I, on my way here, I was thinking about move-up buyers and someone that's been in their house for five to seven years. Like you said, they had their kids and now they want to move up. Or maybe they want to downsize. Their mindset of the mortgage experience from five to seven, ten years ago is very different than what their mortgage experience is going to be now. And so, you know, a lot of times people will, you know, will ask for documentation with IRS tax transcripts and, you know, we pretty much triple verify their employment and their income. And they say to us, well, geez, you know, last time I bought this house, I didn't even have to verify anything. You just took my word for it and I was done. And, and that was back in the no documentation loans. And so, you know, just helping them to have a better, an an understanding of the mindset of, of the industry is is pretty critical. Well, that's a good point of a reference between perspectives of how easy it is. Mm-hmm. Like, so you, you uh, your reference seven years ago when they had the, the no documentation, the, the, I call them the liar loans or the, the, the uh, <laughs> antichrist of mortgages mm-hmm. um, and hate up. But there's also the misconception between parents and, and other people that, yeah. wow, it was so easy for me to get a mortgage. You go do it. Yeah. Well, 40 everybody- years ago. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, even yeah. par- you know some people that are more you know, in a better situation to buy a house, they said, oh, my mortgage process was so easy. Well, they might have had 20% down, 800 credit scores, low DTIs, you know, all the documentation all at their fingertips. And somebody else comes along who's a friend of theirs and says, wow, I didn't get the same experience. Well, they might have had more challenges on their credit. So you always have to know the whole story of what the situation was because there's no – there's no loan that is identical. We've never had two loans ever identical, mm-hmm. and we do thousands of loans, um, and they've never come across the same way. Right. If you're just joining us, this program is called Real Estate with Sonny Bringle. Sonny is the president and owner of Victorian Finance, which provides residential mortgages to people buying houses. Visit their website. That's victorianfinance.com. But wait, there's more with something about something Cajun. <laughs> Crayfish for around here, but crawfish if you're from Louisiana, and uh, which I'm from Louisiana, Cajun from Louisiana. And on June 4th at Rumfish Grill, starting at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we have a crawfish boil, all you can eat. Tickets are online at blackandgoldcrawfishboil.com, and it's benefiting the MS Society. But if you've never experienced crawfish before, we'll have a lot of crawfish and all the other ancillary stuff that make it a Cajun experience. Come enjoy the day at Rumfish Grill from 3 to 7. Um, so bring the family between 3 to 7. After 7, it's more of an adult atmosphere as far as a bar. 3 to 7 is the best time to come with the, all the crawfish you can eat with the tickets you purchase. All right, Diane, well, thank you again for the, the pre-approval process is so critical in the beginning stage. And we talk about it often and we'll continue to talk about it often. But there's... Many of the people that we've talked about in the show that we've had on the show are just how big is the number of people? And give me all the list of people that try to make a transaction successful. Well, it's funny. I think I made a list one time. There's probably at least 20 entities that are involved in the process. There's the home inspector, the pest inspector. There is a potential structural engineer. There is, of course, the realtors involved. There's the people at the title companies. Um, there's your home insurance people. Um, there are the municipality people that issue the tax certifications. There's your plumber that has to do a dye test of the house. It, it just, the list goes on and on. And then even if you consider all the people, you know, so someone thinks of Victorian finance, I'm handing in my loan application to Diane. There's, you know, how many people touch a file, Sonny? I mean, oh, we have hired... 20 inside of Victorian finance per file. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's... It is amazing that loans close. 
(laughs) (laughs) So when you think of all of the opportunities where things can go wrong, and I just cannot, you know, say it enough that working with the right professional is key. You want to do some very good quality research of your realtors and, um, you know, of course, of your lenders. Is this person going to be a problem solver? Because that's what it is. Just like you had said earlier that, you know, you solve other people's problems. We do. And so I think the sign of a good mortgage lender is they look at a file and they look for a problem instead of thinking, I'm just going to push this under the rug and maybe nobody will notice this large deposit that we have to source. You have to look for the problems because we have, if you have time to work on it, that is where it's invaluable. You know, you can call people two weeks before and say, hey, we have an issue. But if you call someone two days before, it's a whole different feel. Well, the, the phrase that we use in the company all the time, and I get picked on this for a good bit, is that we hate the phrase, no problem, no problem, not closing. Hmm. And that's the one that annoys me the most. And um, I'm really not a nice person when those come along. But the other thing inside the company that we try to embrace is the minute we identify a problem, we go, yeehaw, we've identified a problem and we're going to solve it because this is where we become a value. Yeah, and this right. is how you have such a reputation for closing on time. Yeah, that's, and that's the only way is identifying the problems because it doesn't matter what the problem is. All the problems on a file are the same. It's just how much time do you have to solve it. If you identify the problem day before closing, that's a, pro- that's a real problem. If you identify a problem two weeks before closing, that's called normal work. Does, uh, <laughs> do we ever come across these that don't have any problems or are, are there some problems with almost I, everything? I can give you a perfect example that happened to me yesterday. This couple has been just lovely, Johnny on the spot, getting us our documentation. The realtor's great to work with. Everything was beautiful. It was supposed to close today. Um, got an email at 4.30. This is not closing um, because there was an issue. Here we go. People involved in the process that we don't know about is a certificate of occupancy. Was not, it was not issued and um, they need to hang some CO detectors for this municipality, mm-hmm. so now we're going to close next week. Uh-huh. So you think, oh, this is all good, and as soon as you think to yourself, oh, this one wasn't, you know, the, oh, the uh, quotes, slam dunk. <laughs> yeah, this one went so smoothly. <laughs> right. right. Well, and that's where the, you know, this, there's settlement companies involved, and that's part mm-hmm. of the settlement responsibility is to check and see, because certain municipalities have an occupancy permit requirement, mm-hmm. and they have to do an inspection of the house to determine if it's to certain safety levels. Uh, well, like and so, said, and I mean, they could come in out of nowhere and say, yeah. oh, we can't get there, we can't get there, oh, mm-hmm. we're going to get there now, oh, and we have all these problems. Right. But still, in that situation, we are looking back at it now. It's like, okay, how do we identify this in the future to ensure that we know this municipality? We make sure that we can go and press mm-hmm. this uh, occupancy permit person in the future to get them well before closing so they don't mm-hmm. hiccup the process. Because there's tons of plans on these dates. Well, and what's really one of the reasons that I love working at Victorian Finance is Sunny will see, will discuss these issues that come up. And then we don't just say, oh, shoot, that was a bummer that that happened. But now we'll add this to our checklist. Mm-hmm. And typically, and this was kind of a strange bird because typically they don't issue the tax certification without the cleared occupancy right. permit. But apparently this one little municipality just issues the tax cert anyway. And so now it's like, okay, maybe we'll go back and say, well, maybe we need to add this to the checklist to just, you know, double check with the title company to make sure that they have the occupancy permit mm-hmm. in You know, and then people will, you know, we have the mindset of looking for trouble, looking for trouble. But a lot of the times the the partners that we're working with, 
they're just like, oh, everything's fine. Every, it'll work out. It, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And then whenever we need it, like now, they're like, oh, crap. Not everything right. is fine. Yeah. Yeah. When that's what, one of the things I tell everybody. Says, I get laughed at when I go in front of groups and I discuss, if you have a cascade of houses closing, how do you make sure all three houses close? Because one house mm-hmm. is using the money for the next house to buy the next house. Mm-hmm. And so you have three of a cascade. The buyers and sellers are all trading transactions. And I, my simple philosophy is I think everybody is incompetent. If I plan for everybody to incomp- be incompetent and I go back and double check and make sure they're doing their job, I may waste a lot of time, but I'm going to catch one thing that could have hiccuped all three transactions. Mm-hmm. That occupancy permit could knock three houses from closing today. Wow. So if you have real estate agents or lending professionals that don't mind the extra effort of checking on people that things they do right because the probabilities you're going to catch the one thing they did wrong that could hold up the whole transaction. Mm-hmm. And so getting to like one of those things that we talked about is home sale contingencies. And what kind of give them a, Focus on one of those little things of a sales contract of do I make an offer with a sales contingency or without a sales contingency and what are the consequences of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question, especially in this market right now. Homes are flying off the shelf. If they're in a good location and a good, you know, priced right and good condition, you could have competitive offers within a day. So if you're the seller and you get these offers and one of the offers is like you have to wait to get your money until my house sells, that one's going to go to the bottom of the pile typically, you know, unless they have other offers that are the same way. So if you can buy and if you feel comfortable buying a house without selling your current house, that would be in, you know, in the real estate agent's mind, the ideal situation. But that is often not the case. People don't have the cash in their savings to put the down payment on the new house and then reimburse themselves after they sell their current house. Mm-hmm it can make it very challenging. And so they have to really present that they have, when they go and make this offer with a contingency to the seller, the realtor has to sell that this person, one, can sell their house, and this person is very qualified to buy this seller's house. The strength of that pre-approval letter is really important. And so there goes our reputation again. If they see a pre-approval from Victorian Finance, they feel a lot more comfortable when this is the balance between emotional advice and financial advice emotionally you want to buy this house you don't want to let this house get away from you this is the house of your dreams you're finally going to get it and this is where your mortgage professional is saying okay you can qualify or you can or cannot qualify to own both houses because you have to qualify for both houses to eliminate the contingency because you have to assume your current house is not going to sell even though if it's probable, you still have until it's proven, you have to assume it's not going to sell. Mm-hmm. And so that's where that balance of like, oh, that's a risky financial decision. But mm-hmm. it, you're trying to balance that with an emotional decision that you don't want to lose the house. Absolutely. And that's where your advisor is telling you what you can do it. These are the risk. Be aware of the risk. Let's be prepared for the risk. and Let's be prepared for the worst case so we can give you the best advice to talk you through how this could all go one way or the other. And then just being able to not only juggle having both payments, but there's an extra layer of requirements by the lender that you need to have some significant reserves after the fact in case of an emergency. So in some instances, you may need up to six months of mortgage payments for both mortgages. So that, you know, there's been cases where that's kicked people out of being able to juggle both at the same time. And our reserves are basically cash in the bank or some type of retirement, some type of liquid vehicle. Reserves are just money left over after closing to make to pay your bills in the future. 
Uh, And that's where the challenge of contingency, as you said, can affect the acceptability of an offer. Without a contingency, sellers of a house want to accept something without contingencies as opposed to things with strings attached. Maybe I'll use the word strings attached better Um, because obviously the cash offer is the best one. Because the the seller's obviously (laughs) going to take cash. Yeah, I'll take cash. You know the commercial where they come up with the briefcase, here's money. (laughs) Unfortunately, most of us out there don't have the resources to do that, which keeps Victorian finance in business. Yeah. Um, Come on, Powerball. Come on. <laughs> uh, but structuring in a way to make your offer, your sales contract, the most powerful it can be based off of your situation. Well, that's about all the time we have today. But thank you, Diane, for being on the show today with a lot of great information as well. And for all the listeners that would like to use Diane Scaboni to help her with be their advisor for the mortgages, you can call Victorian Finance at 888-333-0191, and you can ask for Diane Scaboloni. Everybody at Victorian Finance knows her, you know, so it's easy <laughs> to get in touch with her. Or you can do a Google search for Diane Scaboloni, and the website will come up, and you can contact her that way as well. But, Diane, thank you again. For oh, answering. thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate it. And uh, just as a last reminder for everybody, June 4th, 3 p.m. at Rumfish Grill in Bridgeville or South Fayette, uh, there's a crawfish boil, Cajun crawfish boil for all proceeds or net proceeds benefiting the MS Society. Hope everybody can come out and to attend. It's going to be a great day, praying for good weather. Come on out, enjoy it, bring the kids. It's a great event for a great cause. Victorian Finance is the company that sponsors this program. Sonny is the president and owner of Victorian Finance. Their website, victorianfinance.com. The show is podcast. You can listen back to it. Maybe you want to invite somebody to listen to the program. Lots of great information here. That uh, website is realestatewithsunnybringle.com. You can also ask a question, which we'll be happy to address on a future program. Sunny, see you next week. Thanks, Gary. Have a good week. Victorian Finance LLC is a full-service mortgage lender serving the greater Pittsburgh area with offices in Bridgeville and Murraysville. Licensed by the PA Department of Banking. Lender license 21334. NMLS number 50635. Member Mortgage Bankers Association of Southwestern PA. Lend right home mortgage experts and equal housing lender. The preceding program was sponsored by Victorian Finance.